As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Are you currently in college or recently graduated but kind of struggling to figure out how to approach your post-grad life? If so, then I have the perfect guide for you, which I created for my college self in mind. That is the Everyday Girl's Guide to Career Success ebook, which features a holistic approach to all things starting out in your career during and after college, from cultivating the right mindset, building your resume, maximizing your LinkedIn profile and network, and so much more. I take you through a personal step-by-step -step guide on how to prepare for all areas needed when searching for a job. And these were actually many steps that I personally did between my sophomore and senior year of college, as well as the first year out of college. So I always highly recommend to start early to create opportunities for yourself. In this ebook guide, you will find cover letter tips and custom templates available for download, resume building steps, with three custom templates, LinkedIn tools, and step-by-step -step guide on maximizing your profile, top 20 behavioral interview questions, and a lot more. Again, you can find this online at whatfulfillsyou.com. Just make sure when you click shop, just go to all products and you will find the ebook there, or just go to the show notes and it will be linked. Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the What Fulfills You podcast. My name is Emily Elizabeth, and I am your host. Today's episode is another solo episode. I know I did one a few days ago over the weekend as a bonus, but this one is actually pulled from the vault, aka it is a throwback episode. And this one specifically came out last year. And the reason why I wanted to bring it back is because A, it was actually a highly downloaded episode last year, and B, I feel like this topic of adapting to change, pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, especially for you guys who are listening, I know a lot of you are either in college or out of college, and per all of us, we are just figuring life out as we go. And so I personally felt like this topic would be helpful to bring back again, especially if you need a little 
you know, push or whatever that may be, a sense of motivation. And I will admit, I think this is something that I have a lot of experience in because I moved cross country at the age of 18. I went to two different universities. I moved from Orange County to Los Angeles to New York City, which I did bring up in this episode. And I just have had a lot of personal adversity and kind of just had no choice but to learn how to adopt and be okay with major change, especially in my physical environment and different elements of life that tend to be like the bigger parts. So that includes the career aspect as well. So I certainly hope this can be helpful or can, you know, for me, whenever I listen to a topic that is pertaining to something I really need to listen to during that chapter, it helps me get the wheels turning. It helps me kind of get outside of myself and think of other people that have done it and how, you know, if they can do it, I can do it as well and how I can tap into that mindset. So this episode was actually released exactly a year ago, or I don't know to the date, but it was released at the end of November last year. And I know it's kind of hard to go back to old episodes to listen, especially, you know, even if they were helpful, sometimes it's just like easier to listen to the newer episodes. So that's why I did want to bring this back because I know this was valuable for those of you who had a chance to listen to this last year. So nonetheless, hope you enjoy and let's get into it. I guess I will start just by sharing some of the major changes I've gone through in my life so you guys can kind of see from my perspective what I'm speaking from. So the biggest one for me was when I was 18. I moved from a very small town in Pennsylvania with 8,000 people and I've shared this before but a little fun fact about I guess like my hometown or like the outskirts of my hometown county is that I grew up in Taylor Swift's hometown. So if you're really curious, um, you can Google that. But I grew up in just a really small area and I came from what is known as like a rural area, even though some people like to think it's suburbs, like definitely not at all. Like my specific part of town was in between two different counties in Pennsylvania that were much bigger, but I grew up literally right dab in the middle of the two. And so um, for lack of better words, I grew up in bumblefuck. But I do genuinely appreciate that because I know without growing up in that kind of environment, I would not have appreciated and loved my, I guess you could say, life journey along the way with where I've lived. And I consider kind of the moving aspect to be typically the biggest change for many of us, moving um, physical environments. So I came from a rural town and mind you, my backyard, my view from my bedroom window, no joke, was a large cornfield. And then from afar, you could see the passing highway. And I know in California, I call it a freeway, but in back in my hometown, we call it highways. And it was like a two-way or two-lane highway. And um, when I moved to California, it became more like four or five lanes. So, um, you know, a lot of things I had to adapt to. But I started from there when I was 18. I moved to Orange County slash Newport Beach, California, for college and I definitely really wanted this so that thing that's like a big starting point is you have to have that desire to leave your comfort zone and it's definitely a benefit if you are changing physical environments where you're going 
you know, for school or there's a bigger backbone reason as to why you're going. I guess not like random like me when, you know, speaking about my move um, from LA to New York, it was not necessarily like I had to move, but it was just a pure personal decision, which I will dive into. But if you ever have to move somewhere because of school or anything of that nature, I highly recommend to take it because it's going to be a lot easier in terms of the transition because if you're in grad school or you know you're younger right now and you are listening to my podcast and you're 18 or 19 and and you're going to go to school or you're thinking about applying to college whatever um, I definitely think going from that stage from high school to college is the best time to try that transition because you have nothing to lose and um, I think we are more in that kid-like way of thinking and curiosity compared to when we are 22, 23, 24, where we get more into that adulthood life. Although I like to think I'm still very young and I definitely am, but I understand how when you get closer to that age, depending on your upbringing, your cultural background, your parents, and just the values you have, some people feel more pressured to stay still and not move by the time they're in their mid-20s, which I personally wouldn't choose that for myself, but I completely understand because, again, I grew up in a rural town where plenty of my friends now, or at least like some people I grew up with from middle school and elementary school are actually now married and or might already have their first kid. And again, everyone's around 24 years old. So to each their own, but definitely recommend if you ever have an opportunity to move for a reason that's kind of... um, bigger than just like I feel like moving then definitely take it because it's harder to come across those opportunities where you're semi-forced to move like going to grad school of some sort. Another major change I took note of that I feel like is really important to share is when I transferred from UC Irvine to Chapman University and both colleges were in Orange County, California. So again, this is um, for those of you who have never been to California or are not familiar with kind of the map or layout of California. Orange County is in Southern California between Los Angeles and San Diego. So it's about an hour drive from San Diego and a 45 minute drive to Los Angeles, let's say um, towards like a little bit above LAX. So I just remember when I used to live in Marina del Rey, Venice area, it was about a 45 minute drive for me to go and hang out in Newport Beach slash Irvine. And I speak about this transfer experience because I actually almost didn't transfer for many common reasons that most of us would most likely not want to take on the challenge of adapting to a new physical environment. And, you know, the biggest one is the fear of the unknown. It's like, what's going to what's gonna be like? You know, um, how am I going to make new friends? And am I going to even like it? And, and all of those questions we ask ourselves when we're trying to talk ourselves out of doing something that seems scary in the moment, but um, objectively, it's actually not that bad. And other dumb stuff that I do want to share too, because I think it's really important um, because I've been there in the, in the position of almost making a decision like not transferring, which I'm utterly grateful that I did, but I almost didn't for um, a very lame reason and I'm about to share it. But basically, I was almost named the sweetheart of a fraternity back at UC Irvine and 
you know, at the age of, I guess I was 20 years old at that time or 19, maybe 19, just turned 20. Um, obviously, I am not thinking bigger picture, but I remember like being weirdly just emotionally attached to this idea of being the sweetheart of this fraternity and um this was actually the someone i was dating um during all of college he was part of this fraternity but he was also graduating that same year that i was about to transfer so like he graduated spring semester and then by the end of that spring semester would be my last semester at uc irvine and then come fall i'd be transferring to chapman i had this i would consider personally an emotionally toxic attachment to this idea of like being a fraternity sweetheart and then just staying here because it was comfortable um and I I remember that moment during that summer where I almost pulled out of going to Chapman I was like I don't know like is, is this the right move you know um I knew academically it was great for me and even tuition wise actually even though UC Irvine is a public school and Chapman is a private university uh, Chapman ended up being a little bit better financially for myself and my family just because I actually had a scholarship there when I applied based on my GPA transferring over and I remember that semester I worked very hard because I knew there was a good chance that I was going to consider transferring so I would rather put myself in a position to you know look good uh, academically going in and then also may be able to get some scholarship and so as an out-of-state student in a state school like UC Irvine um, out-of-state tuition was more expensive and so it just made logistically more sense in many aspects but emotionally obviously it didn't but now in hindsight I'm glad I did and um, you know I think this is again a similar situation many of you guys might be in at some point in your life where you are emotionally attached to an idea um, of something happening or of something becoming like the what if this happens if you stay but logically or logistically you know it's actually better for you to move on or transfer or whatever that similar um, parallel situation could be for you right so for me looking back now I'm, I'm extremely glad that I transferred not only because I obviously met new friends some of which have been on this show but what I value most in the friendships that I made was that I finally found people that were much more aligned to me, not only energetically, but the values that most of my friends I met through at Chapman, the values that they had um, just aligned with me a lot more. They had a different type of vision they wanted in life um, and, and just their ideology, their philosophy in, in how they handle situations, the way they make decisions. Um, it, it made me grow as well. Like I feel like to be fully transparent when I was at UC Irvine, I would, by the way, I would never take it back on going there. Um, I actually enjoyed my experience very much there for the two years I had. And if I had to go back and do my college experience again, I would genuinely choose the exact same route because I do not believe I could appreciate Chapman the way I did without having experienced what I experienced at UCI first. And so even though that experience was toxic in some ways in regards to the people I met there and some of the people I was friends with there I don't know what it was um, I'm not saying it's because of the school I just think certain people that I came across there now looking back years later from a more objective lens there was just a lot of people that were unhealthy for me personally um, and just had a lot of 
traits that brought out even more toxic traits from me. And so that's why I came into Chapman realizing that I needed to reset myself because I was already calling myself out on my bullshit. I I knew that I just wasn't a person that I looked up to. I always asked myself the question of, would your 10-year-old self look up to who you are today? And I think that hits home because you we all remember when we were six years old, seven, eight, nine, there was always that, that person, whether it was a pop star or someone we saw on TV, we looked up to them, right? And there was something about them that just made us want to be more like them. And so I think about that for myself too, when I'm making decisions, when I'm living my life, am I living the way I would have looked up to myself at the age of 10? And I couldn't say that about myself based on the person that I was when I left UCI. But when I came to Chapman, especially with the people I started to surround myself with more, I became a lot better. Um, But then also too, I, I came in with a very specific goal about the type of friends I would allow myself to be friends with. And I've mentioned this in past episodes before, but I think it's so important to be very specific about who you choose to be friends with because that becomes who you are. You are the average of the five people you surround yourself with most. I know that quote is repeated very often, but I'm a firm believer in that. And I tell one of my good friends as well who struggles with finding friends that are aligned with her, I tell her that you have to be super specific, which seems really corny, but we're so specific about our romantic partner So why shouldn't we be just as specific with our girlfriends who are going to be there, quite frankly, more through thick and thin than some of the relationships romantically that we will go through um, in our teens, in our 20s, because we just don't know what's going to happen, right? Sometimes they work out, sometimes it falls through. And so we want our girlfriends or our friendships, whoever, to be a strong backbone and strong foundation for us to have within our relationships and our community our circle and I think you just can't find that unless you are specific about your values and the type of values your friends slash future friends also live by and then other reasons why I am just so grateful that I did make this transition um, was because academics were much better I studied a subject I enjoyed more. So back at UC Irvine, I was a business economics major and I liked it, but it was very black and white. And of course, I'm sure I would have ended up at very similar corporate jobs or similar, you know, positions I'm in now. But I realized, especially because I was, you know, lucky enough to have my parents help me pay for school, that I should be enjoying what we're paying for me to go to school for, right? Like I should want to go to class every day and I don't understand the mindset of going to class and dreading it, right? Like if you dread it, then then get out. Like And especially if your parents are paying for school or even if you're putting yourself through school, then you're wasting your time and money if you're not enjoying it. And that's something I strongly believe in is that, you know, if you go to school, you should enjoy what you study because you will find a way to utilize that degree at some point in your life. Um, And as a tangent, actually, I had Bridget Taylor on, I think, two months ago. She's the founder of Harridan Vodka. And she studied medieval history, I believe, at Dartmouth College. And 
even though that doesn't really apply to what she does today, she's actually a consultant um, while also running her startup Harridan Vodka business. So obviously that doesn't, you know, like most people who are in consulting studied business or maybe finance or something of that nature in undergrad. But for her, even though she doesn't use that degree in her current job, she actually ended up using what she's learned in medieval history to brand her vodka business and her vodka company. And we talked about it on that episode in that quote I love from Steve Jobs, something along the lines of, you can't connect the dots looking forward, you can only connect them looking backward. So you just have to trust whatever it is, whether it's the universe, karma, God, whatever, that when you look back, the dots will connect. And I believe he said this at the Stanford commencement back in like 2004 or something, but I saw that quote in his biography that I read partially um, last year and I still need to finish the book, but it just really resonates with me. So uh, moral of the story, don't waste money on a school if you don't enjoy it and if you aren't intentionally trying to apply yourself. And so I studied business economics at UCI, but when I transferred, I switched my major into studying strategic and corporate communication, which is essentially, uh, for layman's terms, it's like half business and half communication because I did have to take business classes. And then I also minored in entrepreneurship where I took accounting and more business focused classes. But it was very innovative. The approach to learning at the school was so innovative. And I think it's such an underrated school. So I'm so grateful for having that experience and, um, you know, attending Chapman. But then other aspects of myself too, uh, on a more personal level, I look back and notice that I became more gritty and independent, which led to, you know, my life today in terms of how I do things and how I moved to New York. Um, and then because I came into the school and just the experience with no one to hold my hand type thing, I had to face obstacles head on, both mentally, emotionally, and then also just physically in terms of going to class and making new friends and all of that. And I think that is such a great skill set for adulthood, which probably is a big one that has parlayed over into my life today as well in my early mid-20s. And so moral of that story is just anytime you are scared, like I was back in the day, to make a transition, to transfer, whatever you'll realize later on that there are many lessons to take away from it. And even though in those moments, whether it's that year or the first couple of years, even though you'll feel a lot of pain and struggle, I have always believed that success can only come from adversity. And I've heard many others say that themselves, those who have been successful in their career, in their life, in their relationships, whatever. I think... In order to feel that kind of fulfillment and success in whatever you're looking for, you have to go through the rough roads and the rough adversity. And I say it all the time, I genuinely kind of wish adversity on people my age and younger because the earlier you face it and the earlier you have to figure out how to adopt and maneuver that part of life, the sooner you'll get that skill set and the more prepared you'll you will be in later on in life and 
you know, again, I was hit with a lot uh, mentally and personally um, in my early 20s, but I realized that a lot of people kind of get hit with that maybe in their mid to late 20s, which is what they call that mid 20s, late 20s crisis. You know, sometimes people are like, fuck, I'm not married yet or, you know, I'm not engaged yet or I don't like my job. I don't like my career. And everyone gets in that mental rut at some point, And I definitely hit that big time in my early 20s. Um, you know, not the greatest experience, but also learned a lot from it. So I'm just saying um, when you have that option, just go through it. And a book that I would recommend that helped me through that time, through that rough time, is called The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. He also wrote The Daily Stoic. And this book is also based off of Stoic philosophy. And it just made me realize in order to get through to the other side of you know, the pot of gold or the happiness or, or feeling better about whatever in life, the only way to get there is to go through the hard path. There is no shortcut in life and um, we all go through adversity. Just some of us choose to talk about it and uh, speak about what we learn and some of us choose to hide it and I think either way is fine. I just, you know, I've been through a lot of adversity myself and I can assure you guys that I genuinely believe that is the only path to get to where you want to be. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. And then I also want to dive into more recent changes I've had in the past year. And so, again, also dealing with changing physical environments, which, you know, to I guess I don't know what it sounds like, you know, if you guys are listening to this, but trust me when I say it has always been hard for me as well. You know, maybe I have the guts to just pull it off and just go and follow through with it. But I will say too, the more you do it, like my friend Avery had mentioned in her um, guest episode on this podcast, she's moved, I think, three or four times now since college. And I have moved two or three times since college, uh, or I guess two times, two times in terms of physical cities. I've moved to two different cities since college. And I guess as you do it more frequently, you get used to it and it's less scary. And so my first major change was moving from Newport Beach to Los Angeles. And I remember I had a lot of struggle with this because I had a family member that just was not a fan of me moving here. They were actually really against it. And um, I, I know that even my other family member was skeptical, wasn't as against it, but just was like, you know, if you have a plan, if, if you think it's going to work out, then, you know, go ahead and do it. And so... I definitely never had that kind of emotional support from parents or family members 
when making decisions that I felt like was best for me. That also includes going to college, also the transferring aspect. So shout out to you guys who also are kind of in the same boat with lack of emotional support because I'm here with you guys. (laughs) Um, But when it came to that moving, I, I was scared initially to move to LA, even though it's like, fuck, like moving from Orange County to Los Angeles is nothing. It's only 45 minutes, but it's still a completely different environment. You know, I had to find a new workout studio, Pilates studio, and find new coffee shops to go work at, you know, and it's still uncomfortable at first, even though I've driven there so many times to visit and hang out for the day, but it's different when you live there, you know. Um, so I definitely had to get used to it because living in Orange County was a lot more clean, um, especially Newport, just things are slower paced, it's cleaner, um, it's definitely more of like a luxury suburb area, you know, I'm pretty sure like Newport Beach is one of the top 10 richest zip codes in the U.S., so, um, you know, it's different when you go to college there and then you move to L.A., which is a little bit more grungy and uh, eclectic, but I ended up loving it. And I remember telling myself, you know, not only did I wish I moved there a year sooner, although again, I can't say I would have had the same experience because COVID happened and I loved meeting my coworkers in Orange County where I worked at corporate. Um, But I will say, you know, when I was going through the pros and cons and deciding, you know, if I would move to LA or not, which I decided on a whim within one month, I thought about moving, then I went to look at apartments for fun, uh, both online and then in person, and then I was like, you know what, I'm doing it, I'm moving to LA, again, had no reason to, I was still working my corporate job with the headquarters, um, or just like the office being in Orange County, but we were going to be remote, so it really didn't matter, but I told myself, the worst case scenario, truly, was I could just move back to Orange County and I always can drive. It's a 45-minute drive, which in California terms is nothing because traffic in itself, sometimes you'll drive three miles and it'll take you 45 minutes. So driving from LA to OC was always really easy. And of course, um, I ended up loving it. And uh, the family member that wasn't that supportive, you know, was quiet and realized I loved it. But you know, would never acknowledge that they were wrong, that kind of thing. And I've grown to just be like, okay, that's totally fine. But um, I'm genuinely so glad that I moved to LA because I met my friend Elia, also been on the show, and my other entrepreneurial friends. And so that was a great experience. But then my most recent one was moving from New York to LA. And a while back, um, this was pre-COVID, I want to say like February or January 2020, I was talking to my girlfriend Dana And I was telling her, you know, I'm thinking about moving to New York or even D.C. Because at the time I wasn't sure if New York was too big for me. And it's funny, like, you know, (laughs) where I'm I'm at now. But um, I was like definitely hesitant because I'm like, what am I going to do with my car? And like all these different scenarios I was throwing that, that are practical, but honestly not that big of an obstacle. And I remember her telling me this. I was sitting in my car. It was a rainy day. And she was like, Emily, you know, worst case scenario, it's it comes down to money, right? You know, if it's like you, you can just always move back and yeah, it's going to cost money, but you're you're going to be fine, you know, and um, like and my friend Avery said the same thing, too. When I was hesitant to move and make major changes, she always told me that I think it was one of her grandparents or someone um, older who's also wiser had told her, you know, if if the problem is around money it can be solved. 
And that just always hit me because I realized that that is true if you just kind of pause and think about it for a second in terms of some of the things that stop us from doing what we want to do sometimes involves money or we we make it all about money and then therefore we just tell ourselves oh we can't do it because it's too expensive or it's going to cost this cost this this and this but I also know that if you really want something if you want something bad enough you will find a way to make it happen And so same thing, I told myself, worst case scenario, if I really don't like New York, I can always move back to LA. Yes, will it cost money? Uh Uh-huh. But just knowing that I can find a way to come back and I don't have to live through that physical environment if I hate it that much, I can always come back, right? And so I encourage you guys all to like kind of ask yourself, what's the worst case scenario? scenario like what can you do can you go back to your original environment can you you know find an alternative that's even better that kind of thing Um, I always encourage everyone to I guess evaluate your pros and cons best case scenario worst case scenario and then you know just also to my mindset about changing environments and leaving comfort zones I would rather be I would rather be able to say that I did something and you know it didn't work out or I didn't like it then always wonder what if I moved there or what if I lived there for six months or what if I lived there for a year right and again this typically I would say only applies if it's something you're on the fence about and you're leaning towards wanting to do whereas I for example back in college pre-college I should say I had the opportunity to study in London for a year and then go to USC University of Southern California for three years Um, and my mom to this day still nags I don't know I wouldn't say to this day but up until maybe the past year so meaning after over a year of me graduating college she would still say oh like you should have still gone there or you would have regretted it. Like you regret not going, don't you? And honestly, I don't because in that situation, I didn't want to go as bad, if that makes sense. Like I didn't want it enough. And so I chose my own route, which was going to UC Irvine and then ultimately transferring to Chapman, which I am grateful for that path. I think that was much more aligned for me. But again, um, I don't have a what if scenario about, oh, what if I went to London because I didn't really actually want that path as much because I think uh, for most of us, I can speak for myself, if you want something enough, right, you'll end up most likely finding a way to get towards that um, because it will just always kind of live in the back of your mind. You're always going to go, what if, like, what if I sent that text or um what if I just went out that night or what if I didn't do this or what if I moved there right like you always are gonna think about that and I never really thought about oh what if London and USC and all that um you know sometimes you just have to do what's best for you and not what your parents think is best for you although again always maintain respect for your parents of course I'm not saying disrespect them but just also understand that when you're in your 20s and and once you're 18 and up and going to college and figuring out your life, you are an adult and your parents are meant to help guide you towards the best. But at the end of the day, you know yourself the best. And no matter what people say, no matter what people tell you, you are the only person that knows the best next step for you to take and um, I used to have doubts in that and then once I started to make my own decisions 
and made my own mistakes, made my own uh, successes, whatever, then I realized like, wow, I really do know what's best for myself and I can make these decisions. And the more you do it, the more consistent you get and then the more confident you will get as well in terms of making these life-changing decisions, so to speak. And then the last thing I want to touch on, um, because I know this one is always brought up, is how to make new friends in new environments. Again, especially if you're not going to a new city or new town uh, because you're going to grad school or got a new job where you already have kind of an open window of opportunity to meet new people. Uh, My best advice is number one, go in with the mindset that you are open to meeting new people. I think it's very difficult to meet people if you are closed off and you're not putting yourself out there, no matter if you are an extrovert or introvert, you just have to do this. That's part of being uncomfortable. And I'm not totally like the biggest social butterfly, but I definitely, you know, if I need or want to find new people to bring into my life, I will open up that space energetically and that definitely attracts more people and new people into my life Um, but with that being said though kind of like I said earlier you have to be specific about what you're looking for a mistake that I see many people around my age that they make is that they are sometimes maybe too open to allowing different types of people into their life and um, I think that kind of makes the window almost too open or too broad And actually, a great friend of mine, she called me last night kind of to vent about a situation with a, I guess, semi-new friend, so to speak. Um, She's probably more of a a newer surface-level friend as of now. But she, you know, was saying how this person ended up ditching her. They made plans to watch the football game at the bar or whatever at at the restaurant. And then some guy that she had met yesterday invited her to go on a party bus and then, um, that girl, that friend went and my friend was, you know, upset and that kind of situation because she's like, wow, I'm so surprised that someone would, you know, just ditch me for someone they just met and just for a party bus on a Sunday. And um, more of the story of that is I was telling her and and what I would tell you guys too is that take note of those moments, right? And, And ask yourself, is this how I want to be treated? And if the answer is no, which I would advise most of you should be saying no, I would never want to be treated like that because that's disrespectful, um, you know, make a list of your values and and make note of seeing people, or I guess you could say potential friends, see if they kind of uphold their those values that you have in their day-to-day actions. And I think those are very easy to take notice of if you actually just mindfully you know, stay curious about it because I think so many of those conflicts about surface level friends or not having people that really get you, it happens when you keep opening the door for people that just don't belong in your life and maybe you're too good for them, so to speak, on a moral level because, hey, like, you know, I personally wouldn't ditch a friend of mine regardless if they're a new friend or a friend I've had for years. I wouldn't ditch them for a guy that I just met to go on a party bus on a Sunday um, when I have work the next morning and go, you know, 45 minutes south um, to, you know, just pretty much drink and and have fun. And again, just for me personally, I wouldn't do that because, you know, that, that speaks levels on how I am as a person, meaning I don't have respect for myself and holding standards of who I spend time with, but also shows that I don't value 
my potential friendship with the person that I'm leaving. And so, um, you know, if someone did that to me, and I would encourage this for everyone, if someone is that ever, ever does that to you, uh, just take note of it and make sure you keep your distance. Because if you keep coming back to people that disrespect you or don't seem to value you, it will show to them that you're okay with being treated like that. So I guess kind of circling back on being specific, be specific about the type of friend or friends you want to be surrounded by more. And that's how truly I can honestly say that's how I've gotten all my friends I have today. And I've talked about it in the past. I've had zero friends before transferring into Chapman. I didn't have anyone going into that school. Came out with a lot better friendships than I had at my previous university. And then also um, it led into my post-grad life of the type of friends, the type of people I'd attract because as, as well, you know, when you are the average of the five people you surround yourself with, they are also the average of the five people they surround themselves with most. And so my belief is that you're more likely to bump into more like-minded people based on those initial, um, I guess those initial connections, right? So the secondary and third connections coming from the people you already know they're more likely to have some common ground or common interests. And so that's why I think it's so important to be very specific about those first connections because those can later lead on to, you know, introductions to, you know, maybe romantic partners or mutual friends and you kind of get the gist. And so if you're too open, you're going to start to lead different or I guess you could say inaccurate wrong people into your life that are not actually aligned with you. So that was all for today's episode on how to adapt to major change and leave your comfort zone. I guess my best and final tip here is to just be open-minded about leaving your physical environment and your comfort zone. Um, You know, I understand how hard it is. I grew up in a town where most people never leave. But if it's something you want for yourself, which I would assume most likely if you're listening to this or at least you're curious about it, um, just ask yourself, would you want to live with regret later on, you know, 10, 15 years from now wishing that you tried something? And if you don't believe me, just ask elders, right? You know, people who are much older than us, I'm talking like not even our parents, but even older than them. They will not tell you the things that they did, but they will tell you the things that they wish they did. And that hits home for me because we're all young right now. We have the opportunity to maximize our life in the best way possible without as much on the line, so to speak. So that that's in regards to family, kids, um, finances, all of that. We, we have a lot more to... I guess, take risk with. And so if you are in that position, I highly recommend it. The worst case scenario, if you don't like the city you moved to or you feel so uncomfortable, you can't bear it for another three to six months, you can always go back to where you started and that's okay. So just remember, it's not life or death. And more likely, you're, and most likely, you're going to actually have a great experience out of it and you're going to learn a lot more about yourself and realize that taking the leap and jumping into your uncomfortable zone and into whatever is the unknown that ends up always being better than you realized. Thanks again for tuning in this week. And before you head out, if you haven't checked out the What Fulfills You card game or daily gratitude journal, it's available 
on the official website at whatfulfillsyou.com. You can enjoy 10% off because you are a listener. That code is not shared anywhere else. It's only shared on each podcast episode. So 10% off with the code whatfulfillsyou10 at checkout. And you can gift this to a colleague, a friend, or grab it for yourself during the holiday season. Thanks again, and I will talk with you all next time. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.